This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of The Overcomers, God's Vision for You to Thrive in an Age of Anxiety and Outrage, written and narrated by pastor and best-selling author Matt Chandler, and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Do you know why we don't enslave black people in real-life physical chains anymore? Do you know how slavery went away? In this episode, you're going to learn about some of the very important history of racism so we can know better how to fight against it. Just a reminder before we get started, if we want to fight racism, we have to use our heads, our hearts, and our hands. Or, to put it another way, we have to use the arc of racial justice. ARC stands for Awareness, Relationships, Commitment. Awareness, your head. Relationships, your heart. And commitment, your strong hands to do something about racism. We're talking about history. And that's a way of filling our heads with information or raising our awareness about racism so we can fight it. So in this episode, we talk about a few really important events that help us raise our awareness and build our head knowledge about racism and what we can do about it. Let's talk about something called the Civil War. Let me tell you about, have you ever heard about the Civil War? A little. I've heard about it. Yeah, it's one of those things that it, it was from 1861 to 1865. We're here in Mississippi. There were a lot of Civil War battles in Mississippi. And... The Civil War was a battle between people who wanted to keep slavery, they were in the South, and people who wanted to abolish slavery that was in the North. So the South, their army was called the Confederate Army, and in the North it was called the Union Army. They wanted to keep the United States a union. Slavery was abolished because the Union won the Civil War. Hundreds of thousands of people fought and died in the Civil War. It took literal bloodshed for this country to eliminate slavery. My name is Dr. Jamar Tisby, author of How to Fight Racism, Young Readers Edition. And I want to welcome you, your friends, and the adults in your life along this journey as we learn together how to fight for racial justice using our head, heart, and hands. We're talking about the Civil War. It took a war a real-life war to abolish or eliminate slavery. Why did people have to die? Why did it take an army to defeat slavery? A lot of reasons, like hate and thinking black people didn't deserve to be free, are reasons. But there was another reason. That's money. Enslaved people made a lot of money for slave owners and plantation owners. When you have dozens or sometimes hundreds of laborers and you never pay them, guess what? You get to keep all that money for yourself. But it's so very cruel and unfair. Still, wealthy people who relied on slavery didn't want to give it up. They were even willing to send soldiers to fight and die to preserve slavery, in part so they could keep making money. Thankfully, the North, or the Union, won the Civil War. They defeated the South, or the Confederates, and abolished slavery. For the first time in our nation's history, all black people could be free. And black people 
used that freedom in very important ways. They started schools and colleges. They became nurses and doctors. They ran for political office for the very first time. They started businesses and farmed their own farmlands. And it seemed like things were really going to be different. But a short time later, some white people wanted things to go back to the way they used to be, meaning with white people in control. So then began an era of history called the Jim Crow era. The Jim Crow era. That lasted for almost 100 years from after the Civil War until up to the Civil Rights Movement. One thing I always say, racism never goes away, it adapts. After the Civil War, racism adapted. It changed. And the Jim Crow era was when white people told black people that they had to stay separate. Black people had to use separate drinking fountains. They had to go to the back of the bus. They couldn't eat at the same restaurants. Even more seriously, black people couldn't get the best education or the best jobs. They couldn't buy houses in neighborhoods with white people if they could afford to buy houses at all. Jim Crow is also the era of lynching. Lynching is a form of terrorism where groups of white people kill black people who have been accused of a crime, but they haven't been given a fair trial in court. Mobs of white people would shoot, hang, or even burn black people in lynchings. The only way this era of Jim Crow ended was through protests in the 1950s and 1960s. How many of you have heard of the Civil Rights Movement? What do you know about the Civil Rights Movement? Any random fact, Palin? I heard that it ended in 1968. Very good. Fair Housing Act, 1968. That's a good bookend for it. Very good. Do you know how it started? It had something to do with uh, transportation. Cool. <laughs> Madison? Rosa Parks. Rosa Parks, right. Most people, if they've heard anything about the civil rights movement, have heard of Rosa Parks. But there's probably a lot you don't know about this woman. She wasn't just a little old lady who one day was tired and refused to move seats on the bus. Rosa Parks had been protesting against racism basically all her life. Her parents were activists, and Parks learned to stand up for herself from them. She had already been working with civil rights organizations for years, and she was committed to making life better for black people. But what Rosa Parks did that day in Montgomery, Alabama in 1955 was very important. She refused to give up her seat on a bus for a white man, which was the rule at that time. Since she wouldn't move, the bus driver called the police and Parks was arrested. When black people in Montgomery heard about it, they were so mad, and rightfully so, they decided to organize. They agreed not to ride the buses until the bus company changed its policy and let black people sit anywhere on the bus. So they organized carpools and rides so that black people could get to work without taking the bus. Many black people walked miles and miles to work rather than use a racist bus system. Finally, after a year of doing this and lots of threats and violence, the black residents of Montgomery won. The bus company changed its policy and allowed black people to sit anywhere on the bus they wanted. The other thing that happened through the Montgomery bus boycott? They thought they needed a spokesperson, someone who could explain their cause and serve as a leader. 
The man they chose was Martin Luther King Jr. But it all started with the determination and courage and lifelong commitment to justice of a woman named Rosa Parks. And as a matter of fact, there were others like Claudette Colvin before her who took courageous stands against racism. But you know, the end of segregated busing didn't end all segregation, nor did it end all racism. It didn't mean that black and white people and other people of color actually spent time in the same places. One of the places where white people and black people and other people of color are still separated by race is a place you probably know quite well, school. So there was a time, especially in Mississippi, when y'all couldn't be at the same table together. You would have to you you would have to be at a different school. They would have to be at a different school from you. So only six of us can be at a different school but he can. Yeah. So that's terrible, right? They didn't be friends. <laughs> so we had to have the civil rights movement just to take away those laws. The other thing the civil rights movement is about is about voting. So there was a time when not everybody could vote just because of their race or sometimes how much money they have. Because of Josiah? I just want to say that I do think they wish to hear, and I would probably go to that school over there. Oh, you're pointing to a different school, so you know there's most of the students there are white? Yeah. Most of the students here are black. Yeah. Like, literally almost every student here is black. There's like, well, the, no, there's black. been more this year. There's been a few more of different... Yeah. It's kind of white. Ten to fifteen people. It's kind of weird talking about it. It is. It's kind of awkward. Like, first of all, Josiah, I'm so glad you're here. As we sit at this table, you're the only white student. That's great because you bring a different perspective. You you can teach us things, and you can also learn things from everyone else here. And also, it's really cool that you're here in fourth grade and whatnot because you're getting an experience of being around different people that most adults don't have. So you're gonna have an advantage as you get older. And I don't want you to ever feel like you don't belong, because you do. And the reality is, as a black person, most of the time, you're gonna be in spaces where there's more white people than black people. So we have to learn how to get along with different people and we have to learn how to understand one another. One of the things that makes fighting racism really hard is that we are separated from people who are different. Even today, many of our schools are still separated by race. Almost all the students might be white or black or Latino or Latina or Asian or Native American. And if you're someone like a lot of people who is mixed race, it's so hard to know where you fit in. It's also hard to understand people who are different from you when you've never really had friends who are of a different race than you. That's why in our next episode, we're going to move from talking about the head to talking about the heart. We're going to talk about relationships with people who are different and how to make friends across the color line. Thank you so much for joining me for this very important discussion. There's still so much work to do in order to fight racism. So we're going to need adults and kids in every generation to be part of the struggle. If you would like to learn about fighting for racial justice, pick up the book, 
How to Fight Racism Young Readers Edition at your local bookstore or online at jamartisby.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to my newsletter, and you can find that on the website too. This podcast has been produced by Pottery Studios with special thanks to the scholars of Clarksdale Collegiate. Until next time, I've been your host, Dr. Jamar Tisby, and remember, if we want to turn this civil rights moment into a movement, it's going to take all of us. Talk to you next time. This episode was brought to you in part by the audio adventure series, Discovery Mountain. Help your kids fall in love with the Bible. Each true-to-life adventure story will draw them closer to Jesus. Visit discoverymountain.com/ct.